0: Hallelujah. He is risen. risen. Yes, I did take my money ears off. (laughs) I was afraid I might forget. So I'm putting on my hat and I'll try to be more dignified now. (laughs) So, are there any people out here that are really into grammar? You pay attention when there are words that are misspelled? I am in that crowd and uh, I can't help it. I mean, sometimes I think it's a gift from God and other times I think maybe it's not quite such a nice gift because I could be handed a piece of paper and the first thing that I will see is a mistake. <laughs> and so I wondered, why do we say he is risen? Maybe it's more grammatically correct to say, he has risen instead so they kind of actually bothered me which might seem weird but if you're a grammar geek then you understand you, you have to get the answer to this so i learned that actually he is risen is correct yay because i've been saying for so many years it emphasizes that yes jesus has risen sacrifice. He gave his life to pay the penalty of our sin. His death on the cross purchased our forgiveness. The resurrection established victory over sin, death, and the grave for all time. God turned all human expectation upside down. There was not one person at the crucifixion of Jesus who expected that he would rise that Sunday morning. Anyone can be executed, but not anyone can emerge from the grave three days later. bring the resurrection of jesus back to the forefront of our awareness the resurrection is central to being a follower of christ it's the guarantee the security of eternal life in fact the apostle paul states in 1 corinthians 15 that without the resurrection our faith is useless if hope in christ is only for this life we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world but the resurrection is real today it really matters he is risen <laughs> and the reality of the resurrection provides first real forgiveness Now, when i was a young mom with four kids ages five and under we ended up having five children we had a scraggler but for a while um we had four children very very close together and it was a fun time we loved those years my husband and i served as youth pastors in a small logging town and i became friends with a lovely woman I'll call her Susie. She and her family attended our church, and she had three young kids. And she was interested in homeschooling, like I was. And so we had a lot in common. One summer day, Susie invited us over to her house, and we played in her yard. We filled up a big—well, we filled up a kiddie pool. <laughs> the kids, one by one, would run, and then jump in the pool, and then jump out, and then run and go back to the end of the line. Well, somehow, in the midst of all this fun, I really don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, one of my sons decided it would be a good idea to try to hold Susie's 18-month-old daughter under the water to see what would happen. I was horrified. It was shocking, and both Susie and I ran to that kiddie pool, and I yanked my son off of his baby. She pulls her baby out of the pool, and maybe was okay, just crying and kind of traumatized, understandably so. I was super, super embarrassed and mortified that one of my kids, I'm a pastor's wife, one of my kids did that. Um, so we left, we went home, and I kept trying to reach out to Susie. And this was before cell phones, and so I would call, Maybe you not know, answer. Sometimes I would call, then I would go to uh, the answering machine, and I would leave a message, and she wouldn't call back. And her family also stopped going to church for a few weeks, and so I was really getting worried. One Sunday, Susie and her family came to church, and she tried very hard to avoid me. But I wasn't going to let that happen, because I knew that we needed to deal with this situation. And I came up to her, and after a few moments of small talk, I said, Susie, I'm so sorry about what happened. Would you please forgive me? And she looked at me, and she said, yeah, I forgive you, but I never want to spend time with you again. That hurts. Is that did you say eggs? Spains. Oh, yeah, okay. What else is hard to get out?
1: Blood, yes, blood is hard to get out.
0: Also, grease or um ketchup, paint, Grass. yes. Grass, yeah, okay. I think we have all had experiences with very difficult stains. And it's interesting because you can scrub, 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 and throw it in the laundry and pull it out It's still there. Okay, scrub, 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 scrub. some more. And you can try so hard and you can even use the products that say that you will, it will get that stain out. But most of the time if you look at it closely, you can still see it. But when Jesus forgives, He forgives completely. And no matter what choices you might have made or what kind of lifestyle you have lived, he will take those things that are bright red, red like scarlet and red like crimson, that is bold, bold red. He takes those things and makes them as white as freshly fallen snow. Just think back just a few months ago when the snow was falling. How beautiful, how beautifully white. Or as white as a pure wool. Wow. When we trust Jesus as Savior, God forgives us and frees us. And not only that, He rescues us from the kingdom of darkness and transfers us into the kingdom of His glorious Son. We have a new residence, and we're welcomed as one of His own. The reality of the resurrection also provides real victory. One of the major themes in the Bible is spiritual warfare. We see before the creation of the world that the devil existed, and his job was to steal, kill, and destroy. And then in the Garden of Eden, the devil was able to tempt and trick the first man and woman. They listened to the devil and they disobeyed God. In that instance, it might have seemed like the devil had won but even then the lord announced right away that one of the descendants of that man and woman would crush the devil's head so when jesus was crucified fast forward centuries millennia god laid on him the sins of the world and the devil thought he had won he, the devil, had successfully used people to kill the son of God,
1: the one
0: who was supposed to crush his head. He was dead. So I imagine the devils and his demons, his cohorts, they got to party for a little while, celebrating their victory. But it was short-lived because of miracle miracles. Happened. The Holy Spirit breathed new life into Jesus and he was resurrected from the dead and it was announced by angels and Jesus revealed himself to followers and the devil's kingdom was stripped of power because Jesus defeated sin, Jesus defeated death, and Jesus. The grave. And you can see that empty tomb on the screen. He is not dead, he is, risen. He, is risen. He, is risen. he is risen. Sometimes, though, it doesn't necessarily seem like we live this great, victorious life. Unfortunately, I wish that when we come to trust Christ that everything becomes wonderful and we no longer have temptations and we no longer have struggles, but no, life is still messy. First thing, there are natural consequences to some of the decisions we make, and also, until Jesus returns to establish a new heaven and a new earth, we live in this between time and it's messy but remember the devil's hands are tied he is defeated and Jesus Christ is the champion and that reminds me of a song that Carmen did back in the 90s for those of you who are old enough to remember <laughs> Yes, the, the words are, Satan is defeated, and Jesus is the champion. And it echoes and echoes and echoes and echoes. Romans 8, 35 and 39 describes the real victory we have through Jesus. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the scripture says for your sake we are killed all day we are being slaughtered like sheep no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours is ours through Christ who loved us and i from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, the reality of the resurrection provides real life. You may or may not know this, but my day job is serving our community as the executive director of Life Choices. How many of you have heard of Life Choices? Okay, not some of you, that's that's nice. Uh, sometimes we will go to a place and nobody raises their hand. So uh, basically, Life Choices is a Christ-centered, life-affirming pregnancy center. And I've led the ministry for seven years. And I love it. And what many people don't know Is we have a long-term family support service program and it's here that women and their partners are mentored it's in our mentor program that we're able to see transformation of women and their partners through Jesus in fact the reason I'm sharing this at all is on Friday I received a text from one of our mentors. And uh, she has been meeting with a woman, I think, for about 18 months now. um, And this woman texted her and said that she trusted Jesus as her savior that Friday. She has accepted the real life through the new life offered through Jesus and his resurrection. And we have stories here of people who accepted real life through the new life that Jesus offered. I was just talking to Lydia this morning, and she said that it's been almost 13 years of living a life of being clean and sober and substance-free completely. She has experienced Christians to talk about being born again and uh, when we would go out in public and talk to people that we didn't know, Uh, our opening line was, hi, have you been born again? We've got a lot of interesting looks, (laughs) and for me, it probably wasn't a, a great conversation starter. Now, for some of the people I was with, they must have had a gift of evangelism or something, because it really worked. But for me, not so much. Um, it kind of created a lot of confusion. But now I understand that the concept of being born again is really beautiful because we are all born into this world. We thank our mamas for carrying us and giving birth to us, and we emerge as helpless newborn babies. But, there is another birth that we can experience, and that's when we trust Christ as Savior. We are born again spiritually. That old sinful human nature is gone, and we become the person God planned for us to be. And that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And that's in 2 Corinthians 5. This is real life. Just think about the caterpillar. As a little girl, I love caterpillars. But I was afraid to touch them and catch them. So I would bribe my friends and say, would you please catch this caterpillar for me? But it's hard to imagine that that worm-like creature is even remotely related to a butterfly. We know it is because we study science. But just looking at it, how could it be related to a butterfly? Well, the caterpillar. Metamorphosis. Yeah, that's the, that is the word that we use. Well, the term used to describe new life in Christ is metamorpho. Hmm. Metamorphosis? Metamorpho. Sounds similar? Yes, it is. Our new life is real life. As followers of Jesus, we are so blessed. We enjoy real forgiveness, real victory, and real life because he is risen. To the Holy Spirit's prompting. So there's some questions on the screen to guide that, but you don't have to only answer those questions. But what is the Lord speaking to your heart through the message, and how will you apply it to your life? And here is the most important question. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you haven't yet, and you would like to, I am available to pray with you during this song. Raise your hand, and I'll be happy to come and pray with you. But let's take time to reflect and respond, either in our seats or up here at the front. As we do, let's prepare ourselves to partake of communion after the song.